Welcome back, everyone. We are here for another episode of the Deliberate Dropout. Uh, I'm here with Mitchell Earl. I'm just co-hosting, but today we have a pretty, uh, it's not really, it may not be directly related to dropping out, but at some point of deciding whether you want to go all in or not, and in the midst of all the chaos involved with dropping out and all the peer pressure and whatnot, uh, there comes a time, ladies and gentlemen, where you got to decide uh, the, ba- the, the aspect of balancing things out, family, life, work, money, income, studying. Uh, I really want to dive into that because at this point in my career, and Mitchell has a lot of experience, I'm sure he has came across this at some point as well. Like, does balance exist? Is that term overused? Like, should there be a, a healthy balance between working and everything else going on in your life, whether it's your family, whether it's your love life, whether it's trying to drink eight cups of water a day. So that is, uh, I don't know. I just really want to dive into that. So Mitchell, do you have, um, I really want to hone in on your experience and just some of the things you've been through and to getting to the level that you're at today. What are, yeah. what are some initial thoughts, man? Yeah, for sure. So let's, let's start with, with, with one of the, the big burning issues, if you will, um, that, that usually has some type of presence when people talk about work-life balance. Usually it is, it is responsi- responding to pain. And that pain is typically like, I feel burned out in my life. I feel burnt out as a result of, you know, whatever, whatever X, Y, Z reason. And people begin to diagnose this and make hypotheses about why am I feeling burnt out? Well, I'm just giving, you know, too much of myself to my job, or, you know, I've got all this chaos going on outside of work. I got a chaotic job. So let's talk specifically about the issue of burnout. I think burnout is real. I think that there are often legitimate cases of burnout, people overextending themselves, people not doing a good job of constructing boundaries between, you know, between things or boundaries in, in terms of like where they're willing uh, to, to say no to things or whatever and, and say no to obligations, whether that's at work or home or socially or whatever. But, but I'm going to put to the shelf most of the legitimate reasons because I think most cases of burnout I think they're, they're not often a, a case of legitimate reasons. I actually think about this today, and this plays into my beliefs about work-life balance as well and how to design your life intentionally. I think one of the common reasons people face burnout is because they are exhausting so much of themselves and their, their energy and their emotions and their, their just daily cognitive load on avoiding doing the hard work that they know they need to do in their life. Mm-hmm. Part of that is... I am stuck in a job that I hate and daily I am, I'm, I'm, I'm daily stacking up all the different activities and interactions and things that just like drain me of the best that is within me on a daily basis. And I know that that's a problem in my life, but I'm refusing to, I'm refusing to take positive action to eliminate that problem. And so as a result, I'm more exhausted uh, on a daily basis than I would be if I was getting recharged by doing work that actually like made me come alive. Similarly, you know, it's not just related to, to I'm working a job that I hate, but it's, 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 it's personal lives too. Maybe I'm in a toxic relationship. I know that I should leave this relationship, but I'm not going to do that because that's uncomfortable and scary and hard. And there's like emotional, you know, landmines I'm going to have to step on, or maybe I'm in credit card debt. And I know, or, or, or I'm just in a bad financial situation. And I don't even know how bad it is because I haven't sat down and figured out an escape route out of this. I think more often than not, though, to just kind of bring this home, 
I think more often than not, avoiding addressing the problems in our lives and taking positive action and taking massive personal responsibility for all those things, that's at the root of all so many of these bigger problems about burnout, about work-life balance. And instead of being very deliberate in designing you know, your life, your career, your relationships, sort of every aspect to be this integrated reflection of your values lived out. Instead, I think oftentimes it's people being reactionary to my circumstances are bad and refusing to take responsibility for being the stimulus, the, the agent that has created a set of, of circumstances that you want to escape from. Holy shit, dude. Yeah, no, that is, <laughs> that is, wow. That, that was, that was a lot to unpack, right? I have a couple of thoughts on that. So yeah. I could definitely, I could definitely agree. I definitely agree with the avoiding you're avoiding something. There's some mm -hmm. type of pain, fight or flight. As crazy as it sounds, you might even be overworking yourself because you're avoiding that, which is so, yeah. it seems almost like, like contradictory, but I know for me, like, for example, when I had credit card, a shitload of credit card debt, like a couple of years back, I was overworking myself to a point where like, it was just unhealthy, man. Yeah. And that could transpire in a lot of different ways. Like not, you know, unhealthy relationships or unhealthy home life, whatever it may be. Um, one thing that's helped me uh, with something like, and I'm still constantly trying to find that balance because I always go all in on whatever the hell I'm doing. And that could be a good thing, but it could also yeah. be a liability. One thing that has helped me is like my three non-negotiables. Yeah. What are they? And I stick to them. It's good to be fluid and it's good to be like, you know, it's, it's not good to be a yes man per se, but it is good to uh, be like, like just being open to change or open to other ideas. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, these are my three non-negotiables. You are yeah. not, you are not touching those. This is how I live my life. So on yeah. and so forth. Another thing that comes to mind, Mitchell, with this is uh, like you said, reactionary. It's almost like believe it's like our life though man like 85 percent of everything is reactionary think about it like in atomic habits they talk about a lot of habits are environmental mm -hmm. yep like some like something cue cue cause trigger something triggers it and there's a cue that triggers it um one thing that comes to mind is our environment so yep. oftentimes it's like subconscious so to your point i guess most of it is like we're not even aware of what's triggering these um like bad behaviors or bad really like bad habits to have yeah well i'll give and you a, i'll give you a, i'll give you a very specific case so like over the past yeah. like 45 days i've been very intentional about like what i'm eating and and like as i've gotten older again i i like to operate at peak performance i like to get up early in the morning i like to have my routine but i like to feel like i am in a in a headspace and like energy levels where i can sit down and do my best work and so, you know, I, I, I have a relatively healthy lifestyle. I exercise, I eat well, I, you know, am on yeah. top of my stuff. I get good sleep or whatever, but like diet is, a, is another very tangible representation of this. So for instance, you're talking about like triggers and things that, you know, drive responses, their stimuli that are a function of your environment that you keep around. So like, for instance, if you have sugar cravings, like I personally know that like, when I eat unhealthy, when I eat like sugar, I eat a ton of like just un unhealthy carbs or empty carbs or whatever. Like I start feeling like trash around two o'clock in the afternoon. My eyes start to hurt. I get a headache. Sometimes I eat a little bit of indigestion and my energy levels are lower or whatever. And so like 
I try not to keep that stuff around or I try to try to get better at like, I just don't even want that food around. For instance, so if you know that you are trying to change a habit and you're, you're like having an issue with that, like pull, change your environment. Don't keep that kind of food around the house. Absolutely. Otherwise, like you yeah. are, you are putting yourself in a situation where you are more likely to fail trying to change a habit. And, and again, the, that that's in an isolated situation, you may say, well, I'm failing at this habit. But I think the bigger picture issue here is the second degree impacts of failing to make progress towards specific goals. So like you may be trying to change your your diet. Well, why are you trying to do that? Because I want to live healthier because I want to have better energy levels. Well, now have you not only failed um, at the diet part, but now you failed at having energy levels, which means you failed at bringing your best to work, which means you failed at your ability to drive your income so that you can meet your financial goals. And I think like zooming back out and recognizing that so many of these different parts of our lives, it's very difficult to compartmentalize them without spillover effects that negatively impact the other areas of our life. And so I think that the best way to combat that is first and foremost, you've got to take massive responsibility for all of this the choices you make in your life in every area you are the one in control and if you are failing to make a a good decision in this area of your life you've got to recognize that you're the one who also has to pay the toll and bear the consequences for the negative impacts on other areas of your life as well yeah and to that to, to that point mitchell like if you do not take responsibility right that means somebody else is the problem oh mcdonald's is the problem Oh, this is the problem. That's the problem. Why would you give somebody else that power? Yep. Why would you give away your own power? You have the power to do anything you want. Like what's, that doesn't make sense to me. But the problem is also like victim mindset, yep. victim, victimhood. It's like, I feel like we're almost wired like that because when we were ancient hunters, gatherers, whatever, we had to make sure we could see the, the, the enemy or the prey <laughs> or any, any animals hiding, but like we're long past that. And there is like in conscious leadership, like there's four forms of leadership. Everything happens to me. Everything happens by me. Everything happens through me. Everything happens as me. We don't need, we don't need everybody being Gandhi and being like, <laughs> oh, everything happens as me. Like we don't need that level. If we could just get the majority of the population to go from to me, victimhood, everything's happening to me, to by me, we'd be in a much better place. There'd be a much healthier balance. I think that would definitely have an impact on like, because now you're not a victim. You understand that everything happening, everything is happening by me, not to me. Yeah. So there is like that, that sort of like just it's a shift level. It's a, it's a conscious shift that would probably take, I'm not even exaggerating, probably take hundreds or thousands of years for the general masses to like, actually like understand that, but bring it now, bring back the focus to like, like a more a micro level, right? How can you tell an individual who's going, trying to find that balance? Like, how do they make that shift? And I'm, 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 I'm well aware that like, you've probably have had to make a similar shift yeah. when you're doing something. So how can an individual do that? Yeah. So I think um, I'm going to piggyback on your, your point. One, one quick thing to, to recommend a book, Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. Um, there's also that another great man, book by, uh, called Stealing Fire. Both of those are great books um, yeah. on, on kind of veins that we're talking about today, like taking responsibility, you know, yeah. not being a, a victim, um, trying to operate at peak performance and find kind of the ebb and flow in your, your own life. So 
um, related to that shift and related to addressing balance, work-life balance, if you will. Um, personally, I think that there are different seasons of your life. I'll preface it by saying that. I think that early on in your career, when you're starting out, I think that as a rule of thumb, it's great to say hell yes to everything um, or say yes to everything that's not a hell no. So unless it's just something you already know you hate, you know it's not going to serve you, like say yes to it. Put yourself in the opportunities way. Take advantage of this. Recognize that your 20s are for learning. Your 30s and 40s, those are for earning. And, and, and like recognize the seasonality of your life. Now, as you get later on in your career, this is where taking personal responsibility comes into play at, at a, at a, you know, at a exponential level. Yeah. Higher level. Yep. You should shift. Your mindset should shift. You shouldn't be a yes man. You should be saying no to everything. That's not a hell yes. And so I want to unpack this a little bit and talk about how you get to the position where you can even afford to do that. Number one, you've got to put yourself in opportunities way. I think first and foremost, Gaining a sense of clarity and purpose or uh, finding, finding something that you can pursue that is meaningful is sort of like the first tier in your career. Um, and, and I think in addition to that, it's like financial security, taking personal responsibility for your own financial future and like doing both of those things in tandem. You may not know what you want to do, but like be frugal, be smart, like save some money so you have a foundation every time you change your mind, like you've got a little bit you know, better baseline to fall back yep. on. That gives you yep. some security as you make decisions and you you are trying to evaluate and find your thing. Number two, get valuable transferable ex experience and actually try to specialize in one to two skill areas. I personally, if you didn't know what you were going to do, I would say salesmanship, copywriting. That's like, make sure you can do that. And number two, <laughs> um, get a, a good sense for, for how things operate, how to optimize systems, how to build systems, how to like increase your personal leverage anytime you're doing tasks. Like table stakes, do both of those things as you try and figure out your thing and you're going to continue to increase your personal and professional leverage. So that's early on in your career. You're setting yourself up for success. You're getting, um, you know, you're, you're, you're actively pursuing valuable experiences, but professionally, personally, you're trying to develop your skill set in addition to that, you were trying to put yourself in, in, in proximity to decision makers, like put yourself in businesses where you can only become more valuable. And, and that's kind of your early career thing. Again, in the background, you're still like chipping away, trying to be smart financially. This puts you in a position where as you get into your late 20s, you start approaching your 30s, you get into your 30s, where you are not a victim by the situation you've created for yourself. And this is where work-life balance is such a challenge because I know so many, you know, so many of people in my peer group age-wise age um, speaking, you know, they, they racked up four, five, six figures of student debt. They walked out into the world and took whatever job they could get. And they never thought twice about like, what do I, I want to do? What am I good at? And so then they went and got married. Then they got a mortgage. They got a car payment. They're still paying off these student loans. And before you before long, before they knew even knew what happened, they're in their mid to late 20s, early 30s. They've got so many damn obligations on their time, energy, attention, that it's like no wonder 
people are exhausted and they're trying to figure out how to escape from work, how to figure out some semblance of balance and purpose in their lives because they are they're completely be, being completely crushed under the weight of all of these decisions that they were not intentional about over time. And so that's where balance, the scale is out of balance. You've put all the rocks on the liability side and you haven't focused on developing assets. That's the only balance that matters. You've got to put yourself in a position where you're taking personal agency for your life and your decisions and the consequences of those. And that's, that's how I think about it today is like continue doubling down on the things you can control so that you don't have to be in a situation where you have to be reactionary, where you can't afford to say no. And, and where you're just like, you know, more and more of your time and energy and resources are being stolen from you by, from, by things that you don't want. Yeah. And that was, if any, <laughs> if we got any wisdom, that was like, we got to have like wisdom, you know, like a certain seg. that was like this segment to listen to right there. Like that was, the system almost sets you up like that too. Yeah. Like they want you honestly, like, I don't know, maybe I'm just an a-hole and like, I'm looking at it from a bad point of view, but like, I feel like they want you to fall into that rat race, sort of speak of. So because you're preoccupied, you just, you're worried about your bills. The, I don't know. Maybe it's like a way to systemize. So maybe it's just like a byproduct of society. And it kind of, it's a, it's a nice little system. Oh, you got college debt. You got your car loan, you got your mortgage. Now you work for the next 40 years and then you get your pension at four and your 401k when you're 65. I feel like that's the big picture of what's going on. But like I said, mate, I don't know that balance though, like assets and liability. If you could get enough skill sets and like you said, develop that in your twenties, like you're pretty much good to go. And you don't need like early on, you don't need the flashy Mercedes or the BMW or like the nice freaking million dollar home. I'm not saying there's, I love luxury. Like, I'm not saying there's nothing <laughs> yeah. wrong with that. I Same. love it. But like, but like early on, man, it's like delaying the gratification. Clearly this is not an easy answer. I feel like we've dived into 18 different topics, but finding that like balance sort of speak of that we're speaking of, like it's a complex question clearly. And there's so many different factors. And I think the most important that you mentioned is finding that balance between your assets and liabilities, whether it's skill sets mm -hmm. and actual tangible assets and then like the debt that you incurred there early on that you could find yourself in early on. Yeah. And I think that, so I think if you look out in the world, you just go Google work-life balance. You start like going down this rabbit trail of, of the, you know, the almost like trend porn that is on social media today. And there, there is a dangerous um, victimhood culture going on around mental Absolutely. health and Absolutely. around work-life balance and all of Absolutely. this. And I think that a lot of this is shirking off responsibility for the things people are avoiding in their lives. And it is saying that it is okay to be mediocre. It is okay to, um, to, to, to not accept responsibility for your actions. And all in the name of like saying, this is self-care. Self-care is not avoiding the things that you know you need to do. Self-care is not deliberately choosing not to show up for things that you were responsible for. That is not self-care. Self-care is being like, you know what? In order for me to become the absolute best version of myself, I am going to have to put myself in situations that demand more from me than I know if I'm capable of today. They are going, I'm going to put myself in circumstances that, tr that stretch me and challenge me and require me to find a new level 
And that doesn't mean you have to work a hundred hours per week and you have exactly. to burn it on yep. both ends of the, the candle yep. and like always be pouring yourself out more than you're filling yourself up. Yes, you should eat well and exercise and, and rest and take care of yourself and, and have some of that self-care. But self-care is not this like mythical nirvana thing that allows you <laughs> to avoid the realities of life. Like you got bills to pay, you got to go show up to work. You got to get your paycheck. Self-care is, yeah. self is not shirking that off and hoping that, yeah. you know, a waving, you know, magic wand is going to eliminate those problems from your life. Like you've got to show up and you've got to continue to take responsibility. And that massive responsibility is the path forward to giving yourself the set of options in both circumstances, in your employment, in employment arrangements, your relationships, taking that massive responsibility is the path to freedom, is the path to true balance and having control over how you spend your time and resources. And how do you, I feel like this is like, this is the issue that how do you um, like pragmatically explain this to like a 20 year old, or like <laughs> an 18 year old, you know what I mean? Like, let's be like, when I was 18, maybe I was different, but like, I don't know. I didn't, this was like, almost like, yeah, whatever you say, Lou, or whatever you say, Mitchell, like, I feel like they would just be brushed off. It could be brushed off really easily. So what are some actionable steps that you could start building these, like these healthy, like habits almost, or like this way of thinking what are some pragmatic ways to go about it when you're like in this weird high school, I'm leaving high school and I don't even know what I'm doing, but I'm going to college or oh, I'm taking a gap year. What's what's step one? Like, do you just is it just one percent every day and it just compounds or is it like this massive shift that has to take place? I think one of the most important things you can do as a young adult. And this is easier said than done if you're if you're not at a high school, but let's just say the average 18 year old who has graduated high school is out of high school. You need to go become independent as quickly as possible. You need to cut the umbilical cord financially from your parents. You need to put yourself in a situation where it is on you to figure it out for several reasons. One, this is the only way to actually build real independence. Um, if you are dependent on other people, if you are in this sort of perpetual welfare state where someone else is controlling the purse strings and also as a result of that, they have final say over how you spend your time, like that state of perpetual dependency, you need to end it as quickly as possible because that until you do that, you are not going to be able to clear your head. There's a lot of like, you know, second guessing and insecurity as a result of like, I don't want to disappoint my parents or my benefactors, whoever it is. I feel like I have to follow this set of rules. You need to get out of that state. Number two is you need to go experience the suck of life. You need to go out there and realize, you know what, at 18 years old with no work experience and no skills, the bottom rung of the ladder in terms of opportunities, that's all that you can access. Unless you get really clever, that's all you can access. You need to recognize the pain of what it takes to go earn a paycheck, to pay, cover rent, to cover the cost of your groceries, to cover the cost of your survival. You need to understand what that costs. And on the flip side of that, you need to understand like what the bottom is like in terms of, I have no skills and I have no valuable experience. I have nothing to offer the world. This, this is the floor. If I don't do something, if I don't light a fire under my ass and go figure out how to become more valuable, how to increase my skills, increase my ability to be valuable to other people. This is the fate 
that I can expect for the rest of my life. Those are two things as quickly as possible. Go do that. Go get out on your own, cut the umbilical cord and go start earning a living, figuring out what it costs to earn a living. From there, that's the foundation. Everything else is a little bit easier once you have that mindset shift from dependency to like, I'm going to figure out how to make it on my own. To me, to buy me. Yeah, that is. Absolutely. And like you said, if you do those two things, the roadmaps, it's just at that, things will start falling into place. I know when I look back, I wasn't even aware that I was doing, like you've explained it. So I didn't either. Like I wasn't like, if I could put it into words, like that's exactly what the hell happened. Cut the freaking umbilical cord. Shut the hell up. Go work, <laughs> go make a living. <laughs> and then like everything will just unravel. So I'm so glad you shared. Like, like I said, like I'm only 24, like I'm trying to put these experiences into words. So I think the audience can really appreciate that, especially I wish I had this when I was freaking 18, man. Like it wouldn't be as hard maybe, or at least I would have had something to like look up to almost. <laughs> what are some closing thoughts, man? I know we talked about, we talked about habits. We talked about conscious leadership. We talked about cutting the umbilical cord, three action items. Go. Uh, yeah. Three action items. So I, I would definitely read extreme ownership. That's a good book. Um, but I would, I would actively, you know, in addition to that point, I would actively seek out other books on this topic, books like How to Find Fulfilling Work by Roman Kersnerak, How Can I, How Will You Measure Your Life by Clayton Christensen, um, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl, other books about the pursuit of meaning and purpose, uh, 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson and Beyond Order by, by jo uh, Jordan Peterson, Atomic Habits by James Clear, like go go get other ideas, you know, and, and about what it means to design your life, to pursue meaning and, and recognize, you know, the earlier that you can recognize these important things, the more useful it's going to be because you can avoid some major negative steps. You know, you can avoid putting yourself in the situation where it's like, it's too late. You know, I have obligations now and I got to dig out of a hole before I can actually make progress. So that's what I would, I would start by, you know, go get the job, cut the umbilical cord, but kind of your next steps are go expose yourself to ideas and, and read and take your education into your own hands, learning, um, you know, learning skills and things, which is, which is point number two, which is like, figure out one to two skills that you want to double down on. And number three is put yourself into proximity to people who can help you develop those skills. You need to take it seriously, pursuing skills independently. Like you want to develop a copywriting as a skill, like go find the hundred best ads of all time and copy them out in your hands. Do a Amen. breakdown yep. of like, why are these ads useful? And then try and sell something online. But, but number three, you got to get the real world experience. You got to go put yourself, you know, like you read a book that somebody somebody wrote that you like, write them a handwritten thank you note, mail that to them, try and engage them in a dialogue. Um, go, go to the local small business of a, a business, small business owner who's doing something that you admire, or even somebody that just needs some help show up. Nobody else is working right now. Every small business in the country right now has, you know, hiring signs out front, go find somebody and try and get them to mentor you. And I don't mean like, Hey, will you mentor me? Like go and show up and be like, Hey, I really love what you're doing. I'll, you know, I'm, I'm going to show up. I want to hustle for you. And I want to learn how you've built this business. I want to be valuable to you. Like those are the three things. Take your education into your own hands, develop some actual expertise and like put yourself in a proximity who, to somebody who can actually help you get to the next level. Ladies and gentlemen, you have an action plan. You know what to do next. 
this was an this was an awesome episode. There was so much golden nuggets of info. If you like this, smash the subscribe button, like it, listen to our other videos. If you have not checked out Mitchell, what what is one video you would recommend that we did prior to this uh, a Pike episode? You got to go check out the should I drop out of college or not? If you're somebody who's on the fence, like listen through some of these arguments we've made. Look, listen to Lucho share his his own personal story too about like how do you evaluate you know, being on the fence and one way or the other, like you got to, you got to go all in on something. Don't be halfsies. Absolutely. We will add that link to those two episodes below this, but thank you so much for tuning in and we will talk to you soon. Thank you.